good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut, didn't cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victors. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade, which means distant thunder. Uh, my colonized name is Robert Pilot, and we discuss local and national Native news and events. And I want to just give a big hey, Kanagiwina, to all my friends and relatives out there in four directions. We're, you know, uh, we talk about Native issues are human issues, Haley, and Haley, uh, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. I don't hear you, Haley. Say, uh, Brittany, can you hear me okay? Yep, I can hear you just fine. Right on, little gaff there. Hey, we uh, have a great guest here. Uh, you know, Brittany Tweed, you are director of Metro State uh, uh, University here in the Twin Cities, St. Paul, of financial aid. And we just want to get uh, people out there on the alert, what's going on, and uh, really happy to have you on. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. Cool. So, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Metro State. So I am the Director of Financial Aid, and so um, I uh, organize the um, the structure of the financial aid department in um, providing aid offers to students and helping them um, find, or um, my team will help them identify aid um, to pay for their education. Um, so primarily at Metro State, that is students who are seeking um, undergraduate or graduate degrees, um, and that could be from a variety of, of different backgrounds. Hey, I'm wondering, you know, in choosing a college to attend, and, you know, what are some helpful hints that you can uh, help the students with? Well, helpful hints of choosing to a college to attend is probably um, think about what your um, ultimate goal is. So if you want to be a teacher, um, what, uh, what amount of debt do you want to have um, as you graduate? So I know that that's, um, debt is a really big hot topic these days, especially in the last um in the last decade, because a lot of millennials like myself are saddled with a bunch of loan debt as of um, going to college. Um, so I think that uh, always on the top of my mind is what's going to be the best interest for students. And um, so if you're planning on going into a field that's um, like nonprofit work um, or um, doing doing something like that, plan to um plan to apply for a lot of scholarships so that you don't have to utilize student loans um, in the long run to assist you in paying for your education. You know, I, what I really like about Metro State University is I've had uh, friends, and I used to be a high school teacher for 30 years, and I've had friends oh. go there, all different ages, all different degrees, and I think that's one of the beautiful things that I know about Metro State University. Absolutely. We have a very vibrant campus. Our um, 
student population, our average age is about 30. Um, we have students attending from who are 15 um, all the way through 85. Um, and like you said, we have a variety of different programs like individualized studies, um, uh, our um, cybersecurity um, they're just, I could go on and on about our programs, but we have a lot of different options. Um, so affordability is um, the key thing that I think that um, lands a lot of students at Metro State here. Um, in addition to our vibrant campus, and um, we have such a diverse campus from students from all kinds of backgrounds and socioeconomic statuses, ethnicity, things like that. So, um, but the affordability, we're the most affordable university in the state of Minnesota. Not wow. only that, but we're the top um, university in the state of Minnesota for social mobility. Um, and so social mobility is, you know, how um, folks will progress through the social standing. Um, and I know that we have, I think, even a national standing of around 22nd university in um social mobility within the United States, which is pretty exciting. Wow. Yeah. You know, in Metro State, uh, I'm old enough to know the campus used to be a hospital. That's how old I am. And uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful. Metro State University is a beautiful campus. But I also, you ha not only are you the lowest, but I think one of the things that I know about and maybe you can help me with is um, – just a diversity of learning, um, hybrid, online, it gives people opportunities that don't exist in other universities. Absolutely. So um, that is a really good point. Even within our class structure, um, the variety of different um, teaching modalities. So online courses, hybrid courses um, for those who like uh, strictly in class. Um, who um, we have on-campus courses um, that are now fully reintegrated after the pandemic um, for, forced us all online. But yeah, so I think I covered most of uh, most of those different modalities. But um, there is a lot of, um, and the other thing I was going to mention is our. Um, our academic, um, our academic standards are, you know, though we haven't lost our academic standards, though we are the most affordable university in the um, state of Minnesota. Yeah, cool. Well, you know, and, and not only the, the affordability, but I know there's a lot of scholarships out there. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's, we're, we're talking to uh, Brittany Tweed, who's director at Metro State University here in St. Paul, specifically where I live. Mm -hmm. uh, but, Let's talk a little bit about uh, scholarship uh, possibilities out there. I know that you guys really help facilitate and a lot of scholarships for our learners. Uh, so the Metropolitan State um, Foundation actually has uh, scholarship applications opening later this month um, for application for next fall semester. Um, those Applications are open for about a month, but um, we do have a variety of different um, scholarships um, that are available for students to apply. Um, so for graduate students, um, students seeking a um, bachelor's degree after or a certificate after their um, after their undergraduate degree. Um, mm -hmm. That's one of the only uh, gift aid that students can accept. And our um, foundation is very robust um, uh, portfolio of scholarship opportunities for students. 
You know, we have uh, one question I'd like to ask, too, is we have a lot of people listening to us all over the country. Is there a reciprocity between uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota or Iowa? Because I know we're on like 18 other stations live on uh, in Wisconsin, too. So as far as reciprocity, we actually don't charge differential tuition um, to folks that are out of state any longer. Um, About, I want to say just before the pandemic, um, Metro State stopped charging differential tuition for students who are non-residents of the state of Minnesota. So that's um, kind of a roundabout way to answer your question. Um, but we don't have reciprocity because we don't charge differential tuition to um, folks that are coming from outside of the state. So they all just get that affordable uh, that affordable undergraduate uh, rate. That is awesome. That's something we should really be uh, putting our flag on there because, again, we have people from all over the country listening to the show. We're here with uh, Brittany Tweed, director of uh, Metro State University here in St. Paul, and we're, we're talking about the the university. We only have a minute left, but I want to really jump into in the next segment here, you know, some of, the, some of the things that, you know, I know as a former teacher, students are nervous and uh, they're, they're thinking about going back to college, some of them. Some of them are the first time and, you know, what are the competing degrees and and let's go back uh, when we have uh, some time in the next segment. Let's talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Affordability and um, anxiety over how how to pay is um, exactly why I got into the work that I do. Right on. Hey, we're with Brittany Tweed, uh, director at Metro State University, and this is Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. We'll be right Stay back. Stay with us. And we'll be right back. Unwanted sexting or photos, inappropriate jokes, even tickling or wrestling can feel like a violation. Catcalling, cornering, or groping, getting them drunk or high for sex, recording sexual acts without permission, hurting someone because of their sexual orientation, Ripping a family member, a child, a date, a friend, a stranger. Purchasing a human being for sex. You make the choice every single time. Sexual violence is many things. Make a choice. Do not do it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. As we pack away the ornaments and bid farewell to the holiday season, it's time to unwrap the gift that keeps on giving. Getting protected by a COVID-19 vaccination. This is your chance to make a difference, especially as our Native communities face higher COVID numbers. Those higher numbers underscore the need for collective action. So answer the call and get vaccinated. The latest vaccines are not just authorized, but they're proven effective against the current variants. This is extra protection, even if you've already had previous vaccines, since previous vaccines will eventually wear off. Plus, the new shots are FDA approved for ages six months and up. A COVID vaccine is not just a shot. It's a pledge to safeguard the wisdom and stories handed down by our elders. So join the movement, get vaccinated, and make 2024 the healthiest year ever, securing a brighter future for our Native community. For more information, including details about clinics offering free vaccines, visit vaccines.gov. The city of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis Air. AIR stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's Native communities. Minneapolis AIR dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. 
Tune in to Minneapolis Air on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month, right here on AM 950. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Metro State University in St. Paul. Hey, we got Haley back. Welcome back, Haley. And we are here with the direct, uh, director at Metro State University, Brittany Tweed. And Brittany, I want to mention this a couple times uh, in this next segment here. Uh, and before we get back into uh, quest- uh, questions, is that we have an open house. Uh, I want to talk about that a couple times here in this segment. There's an open house happening at Metro State. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we have a virtual and um, on-campus open houses the week of um, February 26th. Um, so on February 26th is our virtual open house, and February 29th is um, our on-campus open house. Um, so student services will be present along with our advising teams um, and faculty from different programs. Um, so if students are interested in learning about how to obtain a um, bachelor's degree or maybe coming back to school for a teaching licensure or a graduate program, um, we'll have folks from all over um, the university available to assist. And then also my team is um, in the financial aid office is going to be um, presenting on different financial aid avenues. Um, Obviously, a big one is the federal financial aid application, the FAFSA, um, or the Minnesota Dream Act application. Um, And so we're going to be answering questions about, um, I'm sure, FAFSA delays um, that students are experiencing, um, and then also give students other avenues and other scholarship um, advice to apply for and answer their questions about anything they're encountering. Yeah, that's a, you know, that's a stressful time and that's great to have questions answered. And I know you're going to have a graduate program too coming up an open house in April, but uh, the the dates will be uh, soon brought up. Uh, Open house, come on and check it out. I think that's the first steps of feeling comfortable. And um, if you're a new graduate about to be, or uh, a learn or an adult learner, which, uh, I hope to be at times too. And what I just want to say too, what's really cool about Metro State University is uh, is the the teaching uh, license because we know since COVID uh, there is a big big shortage of teachers. I know St. Paul has ten to twenty thousand dollars signing bonuses uh, because they're in such a uh, demand. Absolutely, there are also a variety of different um, teacher. Uh, as teacher scholarships um, offered through the state of Minnesota. Um, the federal government has additional um, teaching um, scholarships and grants and things like that, too. So um, all of those questions, though, um, when we're on campus, um, we can answer for students. Um, again, that's going to be on the St. Paul campus at Metro State. Um, and then it, you can also sign up um, if, student, if your listeners are interested at metrostate.edu. Right on. You know, let's talk a little bit about what makes Metro State University really unique. I know that being a person living in St. Paul, but I, I, our, a lot of our listeners probably don't. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as we talked about in the first segment, um, 
we have a wide variety of diversity. Um, our campus is on Dayton's Bluff, so we're overlooking the um, downtown St. Paul, uh, which is a beautiful campus. Um, we have a, a lot of uh, really renowned faculty um, that teach of, at many other institutions throughout the state of Minnesota um, as well. Um, and then the teaching modalities, um, we have online courses, hybrid courses, and um, on-campus courses for students. Um, so we have we try to meet the needs of students where um, where they present them, and mm -hmm. so um, and offer a lot of different um, opportunities for students to engage with um, our campus. You know, and, and I know Metro State University, you know, uh, is really big on a strong commitment to equity, inclusion, Absolutely. and anti-racism. And that's that's really huge, period. But it's really cool for our audience to hear that, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even since. Um, so the mission for Metro State has been to um, remove barriers and um, help um uplift um, students from underrepresented or minoritized communities. Um, and so that's part of the reason why I love working here, to be honest, um, because I share those same values. Um, mm -hmm. But yes, and I can hear, Robert, by the way, that you're um, highlighting this information, that um, your commitment to diversity and inclusion as well. Um, this is really a, it's a really high um, standard for Metro State, so... Yeah. And they've been known for that for years, too. And I think just mm -hmm. the, the diversity and the diversity in degrees that you can get there and uh, um, and people from all walks of life are there and feel comfortable. And I think that's that's an outstanding um, uh, attribute to uh, the Metro State University. So let's talk a little bit. Uh, we have a few minutes here, but let's talk a little bit about the graduate programs. What can you tell our listeners out there that might have a degree and maybe they got a degree in something and want to get another degree or or get a boost in salary? Talk a little bit about uh, uh, the graduate programs you have there. Well, so graduate programs, um, we have 25 graduate programs and we have additional certificates, just like you were talking a little bit about um, the additional teaching licensures and um, opportunities for, you know, teachers who maybe um, got their degree in one uh, subject but want to come back and train for a different um, licensure area. Um, so we have a variety of different uh, graduate program opportunities. Um, and the main thing is, is um, I think our, I was just going to say our... Um, Cybersecurity um, mm. programs are probably um, some of the most highest attended graduate programs. Um, and we also have um, shorter term um, certificate programs in that program as well. Um, but ultimately, the master's degree um, increases a, an individual's earnings exponentially beyond um but obtaining a bachelor's degree, as does attaining a bachelor's degree beyond um, obtaining just a high school GED or high school diploma or GED. So students who are looking to um, earn it, earn more money so that they can provide for their families and things like that. Um, it's a really great opportunity. Um, we say that uh, Metro State students are lifelong learners. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that you know, a lot of people ascribe to that feeling of being a lifelong learner just in general. But um, for Metro State, it's a, it's really the, 
um, it permeates the, the, the campus community. Right. And I know from being a teacher, that's a heck of a bump if you go from your bachelor's to a uh, graduate degree. Uh, that's uh, to a master's degree. And it's a it's a nice bump. And I know people after being uh, a teacher for a few years will uh, will go back to, to school for that. And also, I know counselors have to have a, a master's degree now in, in uh, I do believe, and uh, the counselors in school. And uh, that's, that's a tremendous thing, but it's also more, more learning and more going to school. Uh, and you can go to Metro State University and do that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great opportunity for increasing, um, increasing your earning potential. Absolutely, 100%. So how long has, uh, you know, Metro State uh, University been around here? Because like I jokingly said, I remember when it was a hospital, but I'm I'm really old. I'm 62. So, uh, but how long? Uh... So I think that it was a hospital back in the 60s. And in the late <laughs> 60s, Metro State was founded. Um, and uh, I wish I could tell you more about the historical um, founding. I think that it had maybe a couple instructors and 17 students back in the day. Right. Don't quote me on those things, please. Um, right. But I know it's just very inspiring, the, um, the institution um, since its inception. But the um, I do know that the hospital um, sold the buildings to um, be used as educational um, space for um, mm-hmm. a dollar, some, you know, very small um, dollar amount Um just because they believed in the mission. So that's pretty exciting. It is. And it's uh, 50 years ago. And uh, like you said, the campus is on the east side. And Metro State is ranked number one in Minnesota for social mobility, meaning after graduation, our students move into better jobs. And that's really exciting. We only got like a minute left. I'd like to swing back to the open house and tell our listeners out there that might be in a car or something that weren't able to write it down and have a good memory like I do, but mine's short. Um, we can give them the dates again and the times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our open house, our undergraduate open house for students who are or listeners who are interested in learning more about our undergraduate degree programs. Um, we have an online um, open house on February 26th at five o'clock. Um, and then on campus, February 29th, um, starting at 5 o'clock as well. Um, so more information about that or to sign up is at metrostate.edu. Um, but ultimately, ultimately, um, our the main thing that we want to leave also with is Metro State's affordability in addition to the social mobility. So um, with that, I think that covered everything. Wow, you did, and with uh, with thirty seconds to spare, Brittany, we got to do this again. Uh, very informative. Again, um, one of the coolest schools that I know of, universities, Metro State University here in St. Paul. Thank you so much, Brittany, for stopping in and and giving us all this great uh, knowledge. And people out there uh, have options, and Metro State University is one of the options. Absolutely, it's lovely to chat with you. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, you too. Hey, we'll be right back with uh, State Senator Mary Kunish, and uh, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake. Stay with us. 
Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Hey, we're totally blessed here on Native Roots Radio to have a, a lot of our uh, friends, uh, whether they're the governor or lieutenant governor uh, of Minnesota and Wisconsin, stop in and give us a report. And right now we are really excited, as always, to hear from Wisconsin, the great governor of Wisconsin, and his update to us. So let's take a quick listen. We've seen record low. Hello, Wisconsin. Governor Tony Evers here. We've seen record low unemployment and record high workforce participation in Wisconsin this past year. It's time to retire the well-worn political talking point that Wisconsinites aren't working or working hard. Wisconsinites work hard and they are working. But we know that there are still high need areas in our workforce we need to bolster and support, our dedicated health care workforce being one of them. According to the Department of Workforce Development, Wisconsin faces a potential deficit of 20,000 nurses by 2040. And between 2020 and 2030, Wisconsin's healthcare industry will see nearly 32,000 annual openings across occupations. Folks, these numbers paint a concerning picture for the future in one of our most relied upon industries. That's why we created our new task force on healthcare workforce, led by Lieutenant Governor Sarah Rodriguez focusing on finding long-term solutions to our state's healthcare industry challenges. This task force will help us find ways to not only bring more qualified, talented workers to our state, but to keep them here too. This task force will then make recommendations for me to consider as I prepare my next biennial budget. My administration is committed to pursuing every pathway and seeking out every avenue to address our workforce challenges, just as we have for five years. Because making sure our workforce is prepared to meet the needs of a 21st century economy is a top priority for me, and it has to be a top priority for our state. Thank you. Wow. Hey, thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Governor Evers, with a great update and report. You know, yesterday was uh, an activity we had at uh, in Minneapolis and all over Turtle Island was uh, you know, we had the murdered, missing and murdered Indigenous women uh, March in Minneapolis, and it was really heavy duty. And what I want to do, uh, and hopefully we'll play some clips uh, tomorrow too, uh, Friday, but uh, what I want to do is play one of the keynote speakers are there. And, uh, and it was really awe-inspiring. And this person will really sound familiar to you. This is our, our great state senator, Mary Kunish, uh, checking in and letting people know about what's been happening and also her important work and uh, the legislative important work of this past couple of years. Is, you know, the reason that we have the missing and murdered indigenous relatives office, she's the, one of the reasons why we had the missing and murdered indigenous women's task force. Um, and she has been a champion for this issue and for our issues. And so I want to invite Senator Kunish up here. Um, and let's thank her and welcome her for all the work she has done. Good morning. Um, uh, I am Senator Mary Kunish. I'm a descendant of the Standing Rock Nation, and um, this day always uh, makes me so very, very, very emotional because I know that all of you are gathering here today 
to celebrate Valentine's Day and the ones that you love, but you're also here to remember and commemorate and mourn those that we have lost, the loved ones that we have lost generation after generation after generation. I can't tell you how proud I am to be in this place, in this time, with the kind of opportunity and influence that I can bear for our indigenous people here in Minnesota and the rippling effect that it has across the nation when we address this historic pandemic of violence, of missing and murdered relatives across this nation and across any nation that was colonized by non-Indigenous people. This is not unique to North America. It's everywhere. And so, as a state legislator, I, I am just so honored and in awe of the fact that I was able to raise the awareness and create legislation along with so many of you in this room, so many of the, the people and the organizations that have been doing this work for so long. And when I asked you to come to the Capitol and tell me your stories, tell the public the very most harmful stories, you did. And that's what moved the legislation. So on Valentine's Day, when we think of our heart, and we think of the broken hearts that shared their stories to move the legislation to first of all create the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women's Task Force, and thank you for co-chairing with me, Nicole. I have to say that it, it, we thought maybe it was going to be impossible, and we did it in just a few short years, and then we completed that task force, and the very next year, the state listened to us and said, we need a permanent office to continue this work. This isn't a one-and-done kind of endeavor. And we were able to create that permanent office of missing and murdered indigenous relatives, and for the best thing in the world to happen to have Executive Director Julia Rudy at the helm, bringing in the most incredible team. So I would like to say thank you, and can we recognize And thank you, Kate Weeks. Kate Weeks was our champion at, at, in, in our state government, and honestly, we couldn't have done it without her. She championed it, she guided us, she made sure we had the resources. She's been out looking for some of our last members. She's been a part of it, so thank you, Kate, so much. But the work continues. The work continues. Um, I am so proud today to tell you all that we passed a couple of more pieces of in, uh, legislation last year, and, and I'll give you a little bit of background upon it. Um, one day, about two years ago, I was driving to the Capitol, and I was looking at all those specialty license plates. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me. I kind of had an epiphany. I was like, wow, we need an MMIR license plate. And so I am so proud to tell you today 
that as of today, you all can order your very You don't all have to have this under Mary Punish on it, but uh, you can order your own. It's beautiful. It has the emblem of the, of the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Relatives Office, and it has uh, a ribbon skirt to commemorate our women. Not only are we going to be able to, um, you know, make public and show uh, this movement by putting it on our car, but there is... Uh, a fund that we also were able to create last year. It is a reward fund within the uh, Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women's uh, uh, Office. I'm going to try to say this in Ojibwe. I am not an Ojibwe speaker. Um, but the name of the, um, the reward fund is which means they will be remembered forever. And the last session, the legislature budgeted $250,000, and then every time one of these is purchased, those dollars go into that reward fund and to help support our, uh, our, our office, our permanent office. So I would encourage you all to get out there and order these plates. Help us uh, bring awareness to our state and wherever you drive across the nation. Uh, again, Minnesota is leading in every one of these efforts. Available today. Go online. Uh, but the last thing I just I want to um, bring to mind the fact that. In this, in our community, in this room, across our state, uh, there are so many broken hearts. There are so many broken hearts for so many reasons. Boarding schools, missing and murdered, uh, lack of housing, lack of education, lack of, of health care, all of those things. And when I look around at many of you who I know that are hurting and those that I, I can tell have have something inside of them, you know, just like me. My heart is just pounding and my stomach is tight. It brings to mind a sentence from a book that I read recently. Uh, Mona, Mona Sumitower wrote an incredible book called The Circle of a Council of Dolls. And there's a sentence I haven't forgotten from that book. And it said, Mended children carry strong medicine. I just want you all to think about that. How many generations we have been trying to mend, mend ourselves, mend our children, mend our elders, mend our, our, our culture. And from that, something good is happening. We were just talking over there, like, we feel something really good is happening. There's a wave of awareness, there's a wave of support. And so as we go forward, uh, my wish is that that mending continues, and uh, I too will continue to do the best that I can to mend our communities. So I thank Chinigwich for the Tantara community. Appreciate all of you being here. That was our friend, State Senator Mary Kunish. Uh, 
who's on uh, pretty much every Friday here on Native Roots Radio. So uh, she has good words to say, and we're really proud to uh, amplify her voice. And also, we are really happy about all the work that she's doing for her constituents, Native Americans in Minnesota. And uh, we uh, are just humbled to have State Senator Mary Kunish on Native Roots Radio on Fridays. Hey, up next, uh, Wendy with the Sacred Animal section. You are listening to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. The city of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis Air. AIR stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's native communities. Minneapolis AIR dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. Tune in to Minneapolis AIR on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month, right here on AM 950. Are you thinking about college? Consider checking out Minnesota Private Colleges. These 18 nonprofit institutions keep the focus on students with small classes and professors who will get to know you. You'll find students from all backgrounds, and no two colleges are alike. And when it comes to cost, they're more affordable than you think. Find the college that's right for you at mnprivatecolleges.org slash possible mnprivatecolleges.org slash possible. Life can be hectic. Sometimes the pressure can feel like too much, and the emotions can be overwhelming. Hennepin County's Cope Mobile Crisis Response is here to listen and help you find a way through whatever is going on in your life. Call 612-596-1223 for no-cost crisis support anytime, anywhere in Hennepin County. That number is 612-596-1223. February is AM 950 Listener Appreciation Month. We can't run the station without you, and we wanted to show you how much we appreciate you listening to us. How it works is pretty simple. Throughout February, we'll ask you to like posts on Facebook, sign up for our e-newsletter, and call into the shows. When you do, you'll have a chance at winning prizes like gift cards to restaurants, tickets to our listener appreciation events, and much more. It's our way of thanking you for being a listener to AM 950. You are appreciated. Thanks from everyone at the Progressive Voice of Minnesota, AM 950. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Hey, I just want to remind you, everybody out there in, in uh, Radio Land, that this portion is brought to you by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? Hey, I want to uh, introduce my awesome and beautiful wife, Wendy. Wendy has been an animal advocate for many years and she, uh, does great things and brings out a lot of uh, great information here uh, about our relatives, our sacred animals. And uh, without further ado here, I want to get to Wendy and uh, and check in with Wendy. Uh, Wendy, uh, take it away. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Haley. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis 
Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a Humane Policy Volunteer Leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level. And it's always my pleasure to do that. Today, I'm going to be talking about our birds, and if we have time, our cats. But let's start off with the birds first. So I didn't know this, but February is National Bird Feeding Month. I did not know that. According to Garden Center Magazine's 2023 State of the Industry Report, more than one in three respondents, 38%, have a wild bird birding products division. So check out these tips from the National Garden Bureau, um, and this is going to help educate Uh, you guys and customers and just people about birds, the various types of food they need, and how to create bird-friendly backyard habitats. Uh, I just want to say quickly that Robert and I, a couple of years ago, did that very, very thing. Uh, We created a habitat for bees, butterflies, hummingbirds, all kinds of little animals like that. Um, Also bugs. We got rid of our front lawn. We got it out of there, and we planted all kinds of um, Minnesota native uh, plants, all pollinator things. So during the summer, we just have so many birds, so many butterflies, all kinds of little bugs around our uh, front lawn, and we just love it. So let's talk about the birds since February is National Bird Feeding Month. So number one, Listen, let's skip the pesticides and rodenticides, right? The chemicals kill insects and rodents. A bird, this is a bird food source, right? A lot of people don't, you know, they want their front lawns to be just pristine and no uh, weeds or anything around, but that's killing all the bugs uh, that live in your grass. Um, So then they don't, and rodents too, and they don't have any, uh, the birds won't have any food. Um, so, and also, um, it can poison the birds, uh, because the birds are consuming the prey, uh, that is in your lawn and eating the pesticides and eating the rodenticides. So let's just skip that. Number two, decaying leaves and fallen debris serve as a natural mulch. Uh, That mulch is also perfect habitat for invertebrates that birds eat, including the pupae. I had to look this word up. It's P-U-P-A-E. I did not know that word. Pupae, it's pronounced. I had to look up the pronunciation. (laughs) Pupae of moth caterpillars, which is a favorite food source for baby birds. So, hey, you know what? I learned something new every day on this show. Uh, number three, save the seeds. Instead of deadheading annuals and perennials in the fall, do nothing. Allow the seeds head to remain on the plants as natural bird feeders. Um, so yeah, in the fall, a lot of people will go out to their garden and chop down and get rid of uh, all the you know dying plants that you have there because you know m- most of those that you do will come back up again, but just leave them right um, instead of deadheading the annuals uh, I never heard of that uh, term either, but uh, leave them alone. They provide food and shelter for the birds. 
Number four, appreciate the beauty of dead trees. Uh, and here's another thing that we have in our front lawn. I just want to put this in there. It's called a stumpery. Uh, so it's just really a pile of rotting logs and they just stay there. And I guess a lot of people might walk by our yard and say, why do they have like a pile of rotting logs? Uh, but they provide habitat for bugs and all kinds of um, little creatures. So um, that's what they do. So appreciate dead the beauty of dead trees. Unless your home is in danger, leave dead trees standing. More than 80 species of birds rely on dead trees called snags for nesting, storing food, hunting, roosting, and nesting. Uh, so leave those dead um, trees standing and have a little stumpery in your yard. I kind of like the name of that too, a stumpery. Number five, <clears throat> being bird friendly in, the, in a small area. So if you have a really small area, grow a container garden filled with bird favorites or add planters filled with nectar-rich flowers. Add a bird bath, bird house, or bird feeder to your balcony. Place a basket of bird-safe natural fibers like cotton and short pieces of yarn in your patio so that they could use it as nesting material. Uh, so, so another thing here, what I did, I think Robert thought I was a little crazy, but um, I give my little dog Wanda a haircut because uh, she's a Shih Tzu, so she doesn't have fur. She actually has hair, hair that grows, so it needs to be cut. So I did cut it, and I did leave it out for the birds. Uh, I thought maybe they would use that for a, a nest. I'm not sure whether they used it or not. So... Uh, number six, build a brush pile. Collect falling tree branches, cuttings from shrubs, non-disease veggie plants, and even this season's live Christmas tree to create a shelter for birds and wildlife from bad weather and predators. Uh, so they will use this. So there's so many things that we could do. Um, to help our bird friends. Um, we also have a bird feeder in the backyard, which we fill up every couple of days. Um, number seven, plant more food sources for birds. Add plants that feed both insects and birds, like echinacea, corapa. I'm going to have to look up these. Uh, you'll have to Google them. <laughs> Red Rudbecka, yeah, switchgrass, goldenrod, um, a whole bunch of different ones. I, I should have looked them all up and got the pronunciation, but you could just Google plant more food sources for birds and it'll come up. Uh, hummingbird favorites in, uh, include salivus, asters, and uh, monardas. You can find plants native to your area, which we did, that are good for birds. So you could go on autobahn.org forward slash native dash plants. So those are good uh, reminders uh, that February is National Bird Feeding Month. We want to keep our birds safe and we want to keep our birds around. Uh, birds are dying at an unprecedented amount um, these days because of global warming and less food for them. So let's keep our birds safe and have a happy February. Thanks, everyone. Back to you, hey. Robert. Back to you, Haley.
Hey, big peeny geeky Wendy. Thank you so much for all you do. Uh, great information. We really appreciate you talking about our sacred animals and, uh, our relatives all over Turtle Island. Hey, if you're listening to this show, you are part of the resistance from Chief Plenty Coops, the ground in which you stand on. It is sacred ground. It is the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office, and vote, and be counted. Get out there. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Please, 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 free Leonard Peltier now.